the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry, and between two of us, we'll try to answer any questions you may have. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. And use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. And, and, and topic of today's show is yeah. that you know, after 30 plus years, right? this is going to be our final show. Wow. There you go. 30, <laughs> 30 years is a long time. It man. is a long 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 time so if you do have a call that you ever wanted to make today's the day today will be the last day to make that call yes it will (laughs) yes it will you know, just a number of factors involved. Number one is I'm getting older, and I'm just getting tired of having to drive all the way from New sure. York to Baton Rouge sure. every time, and then several other little factors in there. But it's been a really, really good run. I oh, really man. appreciate all the people that we've had listen to us all this we do, last all this 30 time. years. Yeah, it's been a good thing. Don't regret a minute of it. No, not at all. But, not at all. You know, like all good things, sometimes they have to come to an end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they do. Yeah, I thought we would talk today, since this is our final show, just kind of a recap of the important things as we see it that we've discussed over the years. Sure. Things that we'd like to leave with people. You happen to be listening. Things I'd like to make sure you remember. Right. And, you know, with that topic, and again, just because we're talking about this today doesn't mean you can't call in. We'll still take call on any topic you may have. But Well, I think the first thing we ought to start off with mm-hmm. is nothing is free. That's right. That's one thing or one thought that I hope I've impressed on people is that not one thing in this world that you're ever going to get is going to be free. It's not. Somebody's paying for it. Somebody's paying for it, and it's usually going to be you. Sure. So in one way or another. When you see the word free, look out, be very, very cautious, but more to the point, when you get the assumptive free, uh-huh. what that means is things like extended warranties. They are promising we're going to save you all this money. But if you really stop and think about it, how would that be possible? Because they're running hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of commercials, They've got a big staff there they're paying. They've got all these expenses on top of paying all the claims. Now, how could it possible how could they stay in business if they were really giving out more than they're taking in? Right. Business don't work that way. Businesses do not work that way. There's no such thing as free, not ever. And like I said, when even if there's just an implied free, in other words, you're you're gonna get more than you pay in, uh-huh. it's just not gonna happen. And I know somebody's gonna say, Well, I bought one and I okay, great. There you, are you hit the lottery. Right. There are some people that it pays out for. I have gone into a casino and seen a guy hit on a slot machine. Sure. But you know what? They aren't building those multi-million dollar casinos because of the winners. Exactly. <laughs> like they say, Las Vegas wasn't built by the winners. That's absolutely right. If you walk around by and you see that tandem axle armored car taking the money out, bring, right. it, bring it to the bank somewhere, you figure out, hey, these guys are making a whole, whole bunch of money. They they, are. They're playing the odds, same as the warranty company is. Much, much better plan is to, number one, buy the correct car to start with. Right. And number two, take care of that car. Take the money you would have paid for this extended warranty and simply insure your car yourself. Right. Just you put, got the money in the bank. Right. Put it in the bank and, and 
keep it there for when you need a repair. That's right. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got Jimmy online. Good morning, Jimmy. Hey, good morning, Lewis. I just heard, and I cannot believe this is your last show. <laughs> yes, sir, it is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, man, I've, I've been listening to y'all for years, and I'm going to miss you so much. Well, I, thank I really you. look forward to hearing y'all on Saturday. Well, this thank is, you. Uh, something I, I do, usually do every Saturday. <laughs> but, I, but I do have one question you for bet. you. I have a... I have a Nissan that has a uh, time and chain driven water pump. Uh-huh, okay. Now, I'm getting 160,000 miles or so on, and, and this water pump is concerned. I know when the band goes out on it, it's going to create havoc. It can, I'll yes, wind up changing. The t- Do you recommend replacing the water pump before it goes out? Well, you know, it's one of those things where you're, the savings there is somewhat ambiguous, I guess, in that water pumps rarely catastrophically fail. Normally, they will start to make some noise. Or they will start to leak. They will give you some symptoms that you can address if and when you need it. Now, that said, there are some that do go out, certainly, at 106,000 miles. There are others that last life of a car. So, it's, do you want to spend all the money up front? on a maybe this is going to happen or do you just want to kind of monitor it a little closer a lot too jimmy depends on the way you operate the car if you tell me hey i routinely get in this car and drive to atlanta i routinely get it and drive to gatlinburg then i would probably lean more towards yeah go ahead and preemptively change it if you say hey i put around town in it so if it did go it wouldn't be a major inconvenience for me then i would probably wait and see i just watch it closer and a lot of it really depends a lot on how the car has been operated mm-hmm. you know have has the cooling system been neglected have you driven it short trips five miles well, at a well, time i drive a lot of short trips and i have i have uh, in this hundred well, I, I bought the truck it had a hundred thousand miles on mm-hmm. it and i did a i did a, a, a cooler to change in a transmission change in right. and uh, a couple of things i did right when i bought the truck well good, good. now ha- how do you normally operate the car is it something that you're taking out of town a lot or would it be yeah, a major well, inconvenience if it broke? I an occasional trip, but it's, it's usually local. It's usually small trips. It's usually, you know, the, the, the severe severe usage. Uh-huh. Jimmy, I think I would just I watch, would watch it closely and then go ahead and replace it if it starts to show symptoms. It's not too likely that it's just going to fail out of the blue. It's generally going to start making some whining noise when the bearing goes out, or it's going to start losing some coolant if the seal starts leaking. You know, all those kinds of things. So, I think I would just hang on to it and watch it and see, and then, you know, if, if I have any symptoms, I go ahead and change it preemptively. Okay, that's what I'm going to do then, Lewis. All right. Thank you. And, and, and again, thank you for all the years that I've been listening to you. Well, thank well, you. Well, you're more than welcome, and thank you. All right. Bye-bye, Jimmy. All right, we're going back to our phone lines. We've got Ross online. Good morning, Ross. Morning. Uh, I've got a couple of questions about my 2012 Mustang. Okay. So, first off, the last couple of weeks I've noticed I have kind of an intermittent extended crank. Mm-hmm. So... It can sit two or three days, it'll crank fine, and then I can, sometimes it'll sit two hours, and it normally takes, you know, two to three seconds right. of cranking before it'll start, and then sometimes it'll take, you know, five to seven seconds instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So normally, uh, Ross, it normally occurs after it's been driven, and you let it sit? Oh, uh, yeah, normally after it's been driven. And yeah, yeah, they, they normally call that hard start after a hot soak. And because the engine's getting hot and then it's sitting. Most of the time, that is going to relate in some way or another to fuel leaking into the engine. And it's basically flooding the engine. It could be something like an injector leaking. It could be something like a fuel pressure regulator. But what you could do is a fuel pressure test where you do the test, but you don't just read the maximum pressure. You leave the gauge on there, cut the engine off, and see how fast the pressure degrades. Because that's not the only thing that can cause that, but that is one of the most common things. 
where, where you know some type of fuel is leaking into the engine. And then once it clears itself, you, know, you crank it a few times, it clears out, and then it'll go ahead and start. But that hard start after a hot soak is generally always relating to some kind of a fuel leakage into the engine sort of a problem. Okay, thank you. And then uh, other question I have is the car is getting to be about 10 years old soon, and plan to replace the radiator as preventative maintenance. Mm-hmm. When I do that, would you recommend replacing the uh, hoses and expansion tank as well? You know, I would take a look at them, Ross, and if they look good, I mean, they look like new. I have seen some of these ho- The hoses now are EPDM rubber. They're not the old neoprene like we used to use. Some of those will last a long, long time, almost the life of the car. And the problem is, no matter where you get it, you're not going to get as good a hose as you're taking off. Because you know, you'll never get that hose again. Even back at the dealership. Yeah, if you go back to the dealership, you're getting an OES hose, original equipment service. service. You're not getting the original equipment manufacturer. So I generally put off hoses unless they show some kind you know if you squeeze it and it's crunchy feeling or it's real soft or it's real hard or if i look inside and i see a bunch of scale in it then i change them other than that i like the original hoses and i've seen them last 20 years before yeah. okay, and, and, uh, and as far as the surge tank it is made of basically the same plastic as a radiator tank is if you're going to have the system down and you can you know you can look at the tank when you get it out, see if it's got some cracks in it, see if it's got a bunch of junk in the bottom of it. it it's really up to you at this point. Ten years on a surge tank, yeah. it is the same plastic. And they're not that I had it down, but not I would that probably change. change it. I'd probably change it while I had the system down. And any other piece of plastic in that cooling system. Some of your hoses have plastic connectors. Right, the connect plastic well, a lot 90s, more than hoses do. Quick connects, things like that. Anything that's plastic in the system, uh, I would be looking at all of that. Okay, and uh, final question. If I do reuse the hoses, am I okay to reuse the factory spring-type clamps, or would I be better off to replace those with, like, the worm gear-style clamps you know, on in there? As much as, much as, I, as much as I dislike those spring clamps, they keep constant tension on the hose. They seem to work pretty well. As, we, we've reused them a lot of times. I mean, some I, people I find, feel more comfortable with the worm clamp. but I find if you put them back in the same groove they came off of, you know, don't re-clock the, the spring clamp on the old hose. Put it back where it came from. They tend to seal a lot better. And, and I've, I've actually seen people not put that clamp back in the same groove it was in, and that hose will leak a little bit. Yeah. And you can move the clamp back to where it was originally at, and the leak goes away. So just be mindful of where it came off of and how it came off. And you could probably right, reuse well, that spring clamp mm-hmm. for a while. Okay. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. And I just want to say, too, thank you for uh, for the show. And as long as you've been doing it, I've been listening for about five years on the podcast. And oh, I've, very uh, good. I really enjoyed it. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. All right, Ross. Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. All right. We'll right, sneak one more call in before the break. And right. we got Lawrence online. Good morning, Lawrence. Oh, uh, hello, Mr. Elton. Yes, sir. Uh, hey there. Uh, it's been about like, over a year since the last call in. It was like pre- pre-COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, my, my question today, uh, it, it involves, like, uh, jump-starting a dead battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, you know, I carry jumper cables with me to, to help others, you know, as, as well as myself in case uh, you know, someone gets less str- stranded. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't really wrapped my head around the concept of grounding on a vehicle. Okay. Uh, so, like, I've learned the steps or, like, the sequence to setting up the jumper cables mm-hmm. between the two vehicles. Right. But uh, the, the confusion sets in when it comes to locating a ground point uh, right. for attaching the negative end of the jumper cable to the stalled vehicle. Um, so, like, anytime I've ever, like, asked a friend about it or, like, mm-hmm. looked into it online, mm-hmm. I get the advice to connect the negative end of the cable to a ground point like the engine block or Correct. unpainted frame under Correct. the hood. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is it's not really, like, obvious to me when I'm looking under the hood of a modern vehicle because 
uh, it's you know the engine seems to be encased in plastic half the time, and I've it never is. once they seen are. an unpainted piece of steel frame, or if that's the right word for it, I guess it's yes. like unibody or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But like every piece of metal uh, frame, or you know, it has some paint on it. Maybe not the glossy appearance of the outside of the car, but everything's painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like trying not to damage any electronic components or, or worse by connecting the cable to the wrong place. And mm-hmm. uh, I was just you know wondering if you could point out like a handful of common ground points for me yeah what the the point behind all that is lawrence they want the ground cable and technically the ground cable you're going to remove first is the one in other words on let's say the donor vehicle you have one on the battery one on the other but the cable that you're going to remove first needs to be away from the battery because when you remove that cable you can create a spark and a charging battery produces Produces. explosive gas right so you could explode the battery in your face that's kind of the whole point behind that if you can get to some of the exhaust manifold bolts those are generally not going to have any kind of paint on them that's the place you're not going to scratch anything up a lot Uh, a lot of your manufacturers actually actually provide ground right they have a, a labeled ground piece on the block or on the shock tower i know chrysler leaves a stud right with a ground on it gm most of your five threes you can ground right there at the alternate bracket mm-hmm. it actually says gnd on it right which is your ground oh, okay so depending on what you're trying to jump off to yeah. what you're trying to and i do have a, a detailed topic on my website on jumping cars you might want to peruse through there because it's got a lot of information in it too thank you sir okay i i, I actually tried browsing for it and uh, i i i guess i didn't uh didn't look thoroughly enough mm-hmm. uh, yeah just go, go to the search bar and just type in like jump start and it should bring it to you I appreciate it. All right. Uh, thanks for taking my call, sir. All right. Thanks, thanks for you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We've got to take our first quick little break. Be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. If you ever plan to motor west, travel my way. Phew. I had a bad dream last night. Girl, me too. I was out on a date with Matthew McConaughey. Well, that doesn't sound too bad. But literally. All he could say was, all right, all right, all right. Still, it's... In auto-tune. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Over and over and over. Oh, it was a nightmare. What about you? I dreamed I forgot to schedule my annual general inspection at AGCO, which cost me thousands in repair. Now that's scary. AGCO Automotive's general inspection is the best way to make sure your car performs at its peak and you're not surprised by any major repairs. Bring your vehicle in once a year and we'll recommend any maintenance. We can even help decide if it's worth fixing or time for you to purchase another. My dream was scary, but yours was, uh, all wrong, all wrong, all wrong. (laughs) Okay, are you finished now? Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back. Just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, and Mr. Brian Terry is right here by my side. This is the final segment of the Automotive Hour. We're not going to be coming back anymore after this, so that's if you got a call or a question or a comment, you just need to get us a call. That's after it. After 30-plus years, it's just, it's just time. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking a little bit today about some of the things we've discussed over the years. And right. We mentioned nothing is free. And exactly. When you look at things, and I know they make this look, they got all these oh, yeah. cool people on there talking about, man, I wouldn't live without that and, and all that kind of stuff. You are going to lose. Sure. Because they are going to take in enough money to pay all the claims, pay for all the advertising, pay for all the different stuff, all the administrative people, and still turn a profit. Exactly. Which means you're not going to come out. 
So that is probably the number one point we want to make first point. Second is the difference between price and cost. Because a lot of people think they know what that means, but they really don't know exactly. Price is the amount you pay for something. Uh Uh-huh. Cost is the amount you pay, plus the things you have to do to make it work, plus the other problems created, divided by how long it lasts. So you don't actually know the initial cost until you're done using the product. That's right. Well, a guy asked me one time, how much you pay for those shoes? I said, I don't know. I'm not through wearing them. Right. Because if I wear them for one year and the sole falls off of them, then they cost me $100 a year. Right. But But if you wear them for... Ten years. If I paid four hundred dollars for them and they last forty years, then I pay considerably less. Sure. And it's the same thing with everything. If you buy a set of premium tires, mounted, balanced right, everything the way it should be, you may be spending a thousand dollars. Right. Oh, easily. But if they last for seventy five thousand miles, give you zero problems and don't tear up anything else. And don't tear up anything else, they're much cheaper than the five hundred dollar set of tires that you bought that shook around, tore your rack and pinion up. You went back beat four or five. Beat your lower ball joints out. The car rode like crud. Went back four or five times. To get the tires time. rebalanced, right. trying to get it to, to ride decent, plus all your aggravation. Right. And then they wear out in 25,000 miles. So what did they actually cost? <laughs> a, a, whole a whole lot, lot more. more than the better set. Exactly. Absolutely. Let's go back to our phone. I've got David online. Good morning, David. Good morning, Lewis. And good morning, Brian. Good morning. Yes, sir. I'm kind of stunned and shocked this morning in a that this is the last chance I get to hear you. Well, it ain't the last time you hear me, but it's the last time you hear me on the radio. <laughs> I look forward to uh, returning to the shop on a regular basis and seeing who's ever there on the vehicle. But I want to thank you for many years of uh, 10 o'clock Saturday morning uh, pleasure and education. And uh, I know uh, things are not free, and I pay for it at the shop. Yep. Somewhere a fraction of it in that bill. Mm-hmm. But uh, your website, as far as I know, is free. Yep. <laughs> and a very valuable uh, gift, and I'm very grateful for that. And since this is my last shot, I'd like to ask a quick question, uh, and you can pretend it's coming in around, oh, 2029 or 2030. Okay. And that is when we have another hurricane, mm-hmm. uh, a nice, big, powerful one. And people are evacuating New Orleans mm-hmm. and heading west and heading north and heading east along the highway. Uh, will they be able to call Triple A and say, "Would you please bring me a gallon of electricity?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that and even yeah. the cars that can recharge ultra fast—they're talking about some with like a half-hour charge time. That's still everybody stopping every half an hour yeah. you know, for half an hour, sitting there when everybody's in a big rush. Now, I'm yeah, I prefer and will keep my gasoline powered car as long as i possibly can but i mean the the manufacturers have realized the profit potential in the electric cars because they can actually buy these electric motors and stuff and as auto workers they can't just fire them and get rid of them but as they normally go away they're just not replacing them but they're looking at automated plant that can turn out an electric car at a ridiculously lower price and still be able to charge what they need to charge for it so the profit potential is there you take that they're talking about public charging stations so we're kind of the rest of the taxpayers are subsidized and those who get things so i don't know i think it's a big money grab myself but you know we have to see where it goes well, I'm going to miss you on the air. Uh, I do wish you and all of you the, the best. I know Brian will love to have a few Saturdays where he can go. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> 
God bless y'all, and thank you very much. Well, thank well, you, thank David. You, Thanks for calling, man. Appreciate that. Bye-bye. 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 All right, going back to our phone lines with Ellen. Good morning, Ellen. Yes, I'm so sad y'all are leaving. I just discovered you about a year ago, and I've learned so much about ah. you. I'm just heartbroken. Yeah, well, there's, there's several years of podcasts out there, there if, if you know how to access those. Oh, okay. Uh, there's, there's several years of those online that you can access, and I may even put some more on there just for the people who okay, want to go back and listen. because I'll go look them up. I'm yeah. no tech, but I'll learn how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, any of those. You can go to our website. It's a year of them on our website. Right. Okay. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I'll find you. <laughs> okay, but I have a question, okay. a couple of questions on my 2011 MKZ. Okay. I have a uh, sensor. It says uh, tire pressure sensor fault on mm-hmm. my little dashboard yes, ma'am. notification. And I don't know how serious that is. I have the tire pressure checked pretty often. Well, it's not. What year, what year is that vehicle? 2011. 11. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so you're about 10 years time, old. Yeah, yeah, you're about time for the batteries to start See, dying. It's got a sensor in each tire that makes that operate. Okay. That battery generally has a life between 7 and 12 years somewhere. It, it looks like a little watch battery, a 2030 watch battery yeah. is what's in it. But it's not replaceable. Okay. You have to replace the whole sensor to, to get, to the, get it. it's all sealed. But you're going to have to do is you, there's a scan tool that you go around the car. It'll tell you which one is causing the problem if you don't know already. And you can replace just the one. But what we normally recommend recommend is to replace all four of them because if you replace yeah, the one the others will be going out. they're all the same age they all been down the same road they all well, turn the same light, the light will go out and three months later another one comes on three months later another one comes right. on now if you you know if it really doesn't bother you that much obviously if you check your tires manually you don't have to fix it at all it's also more cost effective to change it when you're putting new tires on the car because you have to break the tires down to get to the sensors so if you okay. if the tires you got are let's say three quarters of the way worn then you might just wait until you need tires again and then just have have them all done while the tires are being replaced. It would be less expensive that way. Okay, one more question. Uh, A friend said my car was knocking a little bit. I I had uh, low, the cheapest gas in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I put the premium gas in it and they told me to add some default piston cleaner. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. No, you you don't have to do that. That I don't like to add anything to fuel or oil ever. If you just use the proper fuel for it, that'll kill. It has iso octane in the fuel. Seafoam has no kind of octane in it. It's actually alcohol uh, cleaner and it's a detergent. But yeah, you're already running ten percent ethanol. Yeah, you got ten percent ethanol in good fuel anyway. Which is a great cleaner. It is. It's it's bad from a lot of perspectives, but it's a good good cleaner. cleaner. But yeah, I wouldn't add anything to it. Just use the the recommended fuel. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. All right, I just went up to the higher yes, level. Yes, Okay, I appreciate your help, and I'm going to miss you guys, but I'll look up your podcast. Well, thank you. Thank Ellen. you, ma'am. Thanks for calling. All right, good luck to y'all. Uh-huh. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 All right, we've got to take our second quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. a bad dream the other night oh me too i was abducted by aliens but they weren't little green men they looked more like a cross between a chicken and a gremlin like the 80s movie yeah so they take me up to this spaceship and onto this theater stage and in the audience sits all the cats of my ex-girlfriends and they're just sitting there judging me even mr piddles who i actually kind of liked oh uh, what was your dream 
I dreamed I forgot to schedule my annual general inspection at ATCO and my car broke down. Now that's scary. Hey, at ATCO Automotive, we know it's hard to keep up with maintenance. What do I do at 15,000 miles? What do I do at 75? We recommend an annual general inspection. Just pick a month and bring in the vehicle. We'll give it the once-over and can recommend any maintenance you may need before something causes bigger problems down the road. So did they take you to their leader? No, they made me watch a cat video reenactment of Steel Magnolias. It was horrible. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Love noise off the river to ride. Don't mind it cause the hey, man with the whiskers has a final edition. And Brian and I will try to answer any questions you may have. Got a comment, a question, give us a call. 291-6901. And like we said, after 30-plus years, this is the last and final show. So that, that it is. If you want to get in and get a call in. Now is the time. <laughs> there, there will not be another chance. That's a fact. We're talking a little bit about some of the things we've talked about over the years and uh-huh. things we'd like to leave with folks. And, you know, number one, nothing is free. Number two, price versus cost and the difference. Guy asked me one time, why do you always use OEM parts? I said, because I can't afford the cheap stuff. Uh huh. What do you mean? I can't afford it. I said I can't afford it. Right. If I put it on there, it tears up three things on your car. I cannot afford that. I have got to put the best part I can get because the overall cost of a better part is far less than the cheap part. Sure. You know, an example could be like a starter. And lady was asking me one time, we were putting a starter on a Nissan, and she says, "Well, do you have to use the Nissan starter?" I said, "Ma'am." We can do whatever you want to do. I'm just telling this is what I recommend. Right. Because, number one, it's three and a half hours to get to this starter. Well, even if it was ten minutes to get to this Doesn't starter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If that starter, I put one on there, and it goes out in two weeks when you're all dressed up to go to a party, and who's going to crawl in this car and get it started? Worse still, if this starter comes apart and tears up the flywheel. Right. Which now happens all the time. Now you're talking into removing the transmission to replace the flywheel so you can... Go, undo the damage. and So you can go get a quality starter that you should have started with before right. and put on to keep it from happening Plus, again. Plus, you're going to have to pay a core charge because they're not going to take this piece of junk aftermarket starter back exactly. as a and, core on OEM starter. And the OEM starter's gone. Yeah, it's gone because that, that's been a week ago or a month ago or, or however long. However long. Right. So, again, if you want the overall lowest cost, a lot of times, most of the time, like Pop always told me, he says, the cheapest way out is the most expensive way in. Yep. Generally. <laughs> so, and that holds true today. That that holds more so true today. Yes, it does. You got so many shysters in the marketplace now, and internet hasn't created the problem, but it certainly makes it worse. Oh, it everybody does. can go online, and they're looking for prices, and everybody is comparing price. Right. But they're not comparing cost. Cost could be the same thing with the quality of the service you purchase. Uh-huh. If you go to a guy and he fixes your car and next week the problem recurs, you got to go back again. What is your time worth? If he piddles with it and you get it back, it's still doing the same thing. Even if he's got a warranty, it doesn't matter. you still got to go back and get it done again. Right. So you're out that time. That's right. That time is gone. There's no getting it back. The reason professionals tend to price their service more is because they're bringing value to the to table. The, yep. And that is the lower risk that you're assuming. Shops that use OEM parts, shops that do a really good job, shops that have a diagnostic culture, they're not going to just go in and start throwing parts out hoping to fix something. They may appear to be more expensive. In the long run, they are far cheaper. They are. And that is not going to change tomorrow. <laughs> no. no you know, that's, that, that's something you can kind of bring to the bank with you, literally. Yeah. The next point I wanted to make is that maintenance. 
the reason to do maintenance is because it is less expensive than not, not to. to do it. Exactly. Again, we're trying to save money. I service a transmission because it costs maybe $200, but it's protecting a part that might be five dollars to $6,000. Very easily five dollars $6,000. Right. Some or more. And doing the maintenance does not mean you will not have a problem. It simply means you're going to lower your, your chances risk. of having a problem. For instance, you can service a transmission every 30,000 miles if a part breaks inside mechanical part breaks because right. it was either not put together right from the factory or it's just a weak design it's still going to break sure if an electrical component burns out it's still going to quit shifting but what you can do is greatly greatly reduce the incidence of lubrication related problems sure and it also gives you a, a chance to look inside that unit that's right when you drop the pan you drop the filter you can actually look in that pan for debris and if there's no debris in the pan per se, then you can cut the filter open because all the fluid that goes through that unit goes through that filter. That's right. And any trash that is accumulated through the process ends up inside that filter. Well, it's going to give you, at very least, a very, very valuable insight. You know, if you were fixing to go on vacation somewhere, you're going to put three or 4,000 miles in your car, hadn't been serviced recently, it's certainly, I would rather know, hey, this transmission is basically in fine shape right now. There's no exactly. metal in the pan. There's no clutch material in it. Or you get I would it also, down. conversely, like to know if there is. Because right. now I may want to delay this trip. I may want to postpone this trip. May, may want to rent a car. Rent a car to go on my trip. Right. But now I've got some valuable information. I may want to take the money from the trip and have my transmission fixed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that happens. Because I'm not going to have a whole lot of fun on my vacation if I'm broke down on the side of the road somewhere. Sitting down on the side of the road and, and can't go and have to have a wrecker take me to somewhere I don't know where I'm at or anything else. Don't know the people. Don't know anything about them. Exactly. Now I'm at home. Right. I know people. I know where I can get things done. You've got a chance to get it done at your convenience now mm-hmm. instead of you know in a, in a bad spot on the road somewhere. Right. Same exact thing with changing your oil. And I know today everybody oh, wants to push the oil oh, as far as they that possibly can. That is extremely com- uh, convert- yeah. controversial. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you know, we see, I, th- I think we have probably put more engines in cars in the last, in the last five, six four or years. five years yeah. than we have in the first 20, 30. 35 years we were in business. Exactly. And mostly... Everyone is a lubrication-related problem. Is. You know, something that either camshaft wore out, again, lubrication. It jumped timing, lubrication. Yep. It burned up a rod bearing or main bearing, lubrication. All the problems that we see over and over and over again. And some of these at really low mileage. I mean, we're seeing engines at 60 and 80,000 miles in some yeah. day. Yeah. You know, it's just you're not ever going to save enough money on all changes to, to fix a to even fix one to even fix one much less replace an engine i mean if you really want to try to save money learn how to do it yourself right buy, buy some ramps we got a really nice detailed article on the website all about how to do an all change properly yeah it's not that difficult not if, you're, if you're the least bit handy if you just want to save money that's the way that's you the save way money it. yeah not by extending those all changes out that is truly false economy and again goes back to what we're talking about price versus cost Let's go back to our phone lines. We got Wallace on the line. Good morning, Wallace. Good morning, Lewis. Yes, sir. Uh, long time listener to you, and uh, hate to see your show go away, but as long as you keep that uh, website up. Oh, yeah. I, I send people to it all the time. Well, very good. basics about your car. Mm-hmm. But you just ran an ad a little while ago that talked about, you know, your general inspection. Right. We did on our cars. But now I've got a newer car. Okay. Is it worth? It's, I've had it seven months. It's got 15,000 miles. 
I'm uh, just getting ready to go under it and change the oil. And I said, you know, I'm getting a little too old to keep doing <laughs> So have you all do it and then give a good look over. And, Wouldn't be a bad idea, Wallace, because there are yeah. a, a very few things that are required at 15,000 miles. One is check the cabin air filter, which is kind of a pain for the average do-it-yourselfer to get to. But they'll check that. They'll look at tires. They'll look at brakes. They'll make sure that something is not wearing irregularly. And if you're still under warranty, we can point you back sure. for warranty service if we spot right. something. You know, we may see a slight leak that's not dripping to the ground yet. Well, that's covered under warranty right now. By the time it starts dripping on the ground making a puddle, you're probably going to be out of warranty. So, yeah, I would not think that's too soon. I mean, 15,000 miles, I'd go ahead and, and have it looked at, particularly if you want to couple it with an oil change. Yeah. Hey, brother, well, they're taking care of that, and uh, I'm planning to do a, a trip. There'll be a couple, probably a couple thousand miles, maybe not that much. Mm-hmm. And I just feel a little more comfortable that it's been looked at by somebody I have trusted for many years well, um, looking under my cars. Yeah. Well, and, uh, thank you. I appreciate the, that. You know, we, we just got back. Elaine and I went to Key West, and 1,100 miles each way, and I did not have one bit of apprehension in driving that because my car has been regularly inspected, regularly maintained. And, you know, tomorrow, if I hopped in it and go to New York, if I go to California, wherever I want to go. Wouldn't think twice about it. Not think twice about it. Yeah. You know, it, it's a fairly new car. It's an 18. Now, I'm the same way with my 06 Silverado. I'll get in that truck right now. And I'll leave town hours away, right? And not think nothing about it. Yeah, you know, right. I drive to Houston. Not think anything about it. Yeah, hurricane comes, you got to evacuate. You right. don't have to worry about it. Don't have, I'm gone. That's right. Yep. Well, like the car I had before this one was 2012. It had been doing real well, and then I took it one day to you all, um, mm-hmm. or had a nail in a tire, right? And went to back it into the stall. I think he said I didn't think it was going to go in reverse. So y'all ran some quick tests and everything, and said, well. It's probably internal. He said, you know, we could, you know, repair it, replace the transmission for X amount. Right. But here I was over 100,000 miles. Right. And uh, with a car with a fair amount of age on it. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, it's about that time anyway. Yeah. The seats get probably, probably ready for a new car anyway. Yeah. And uh, so, um, and like you said, in the past, try to look for a good used car, mm-hmm. but that's not as easily done these days. It is well, not. That's really, and I hope that is a temporary problem, but I don't know, yeah. you know. I don't know what's happening. Right right now, used cars are 20% at least yeah, more I, than they're worth. I think worth. I saw the other day, the price of a, a used car has gone up 46% in wow. the last year. Yeah. I can believe it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how many. How so many, is everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many new ones are the ones you like are sitting offshore of California? Well, yeah. yeah. Some. <laughs> All righty. Well, I've certainly enjoyed you on the radio, and I'll, I'm sure I'll be talking to you later. Nothing okay, Miss Wallace. Elizabeth, I'll talk to her Monday morning and try to get set up for that old change. Sounds great. All right. Thanks All for right. calling it. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 All right, we're going to go ahead and take our last little quick break and be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. a bad dream the other night. Can't be worse than mine. I was buried up to my neck in the desert, surrounded by an army of prairie dogs and their leader rides up. Rides? Yep. It's Yule Brenner and he orders me to eat this huge mound of candy corn. So all the prairie dogs line up and feed it to me piece by piece. I'll never look at that Halloween confectionery the same again. What about you? Well, I dreamed I forgot to schedule my annual general inspection at Agco and my car left me stranded on I-10. Now that's scary. 
Agco Automotive is here with the best way to keep up with car maintenance. Get our annual general inspection. You pick the month, we check out your vehicle and recommend any maintenance you may need, which can save you costly repairs down the road. That was a freaky dream. Were you on medication or did you eat anything strange? Uh, yeah. I actually ate a whole bag of candy corn left over from Halloween. 2014. Oh. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Joins the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, owner of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here by my side. And sadly, our last show that we'll be doing. That's it. So if you had a question or a comment, now is the last time. We've got a couple of minutes left. Last segment of the last show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the phone lines. we got Kevin online. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, this is Kevin from Kansas City. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, hey, man. Kevin. How myself? Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I have sort of a social issue that I want to have the final judgment be your call. Sure. I'll leave it up to you guys. I have a 1999 Honda Civic mm-hmm. with 293000 Okay. I, I've had it since September 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do all the maintenance on it. Uh, I do all OEM parts still, mm-hmm. uh, except I've only had the alternator starter and the radiator, the aftermarket, but mm-hmm. everything, wheel bearings, uh, suspension, things like that, uh, is all OEM. Mm-hmm. The only major maintenance I really need to do right now is the timing belt and the, no, the transmission that I just rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really no problem for me to do. The frame is solid. There's minimal rust on it. The only thing that's uh, rusty is the fender. Um, the thing I like about the car is that it's so simple to work on. There's no fancy computers. Right. If someone uh, bumps into my car in the parking lot, no problem. Yeah. Might aggravate uh, you, but it ain't going to really <laughs> yeah. wipe you yeah. out. I could, I've had the car so long, it kind of feels like I'm playing with the house money. Uh, people say I'm gambling driving it, but everything's solid on it. Yeah. Uh, everything feels too. The issue that I need your judgment on is everyone says to get a new car, but I say I want to keep going. Yeah. What's your opinion? I would keep going. Yeah. I mean, if I yeah. what I do on my vehicles, Kevin, is I track the money that I'm spending, and as long as that money stays below a certain number, for me, whatever it's that number, two hundred dollars a month is, is my number. But as long as I can stay less than, so if I've got like a twenty four hundred dollar repair to make, then I have to say, okay, if I make this repair, can I logically assume I could go twelve months without another repair? If the answer is yes, it's time mm-hmm. to keep going. If the answer is no, then you need to start thinking about something mm-hmm. else. And is there anything, uh, if everything safety-wise checks out, is there any reason uh, to get a new car? No, or no, no. That I would have to? no, no, not in my right. opinion. No, I, I would stay with what I've got. If I like the car, I mean, occasionally your family situation may change and you need another car for that reason. But if mm-hmm. everything stays the same, you like the car, I don't see any reason not to keep it going. I mean, just keep track of how much you're spending on it. If you start spending too much money, you know, if I'm, start, if I'm gonna spend $400 a month to keep a car going, then I just soon have something else. Yeah something new yeah it's been probably at least uh, under 50 to 75 per month yeah well if you're doing the work yourself you can easily do that sure. i mean what, what you could drive for that kind of money nothing yeah that's what i tell everyone there you yeah. go all right well thank you for taking my call I'll let everyone know okay Kevin. All right, Kevin. thanks man bye-bye all right, 291-6901 is the number. Got a couple of minutes left, and unfortunately, this will be the last show that it we'll will. be doing. Yep. After 30-plus years, it's just time time, time to move on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk about several things that we would like to leave with people. Uh-huh. One is nothing is free. Number two, the difference in price versus cost. Number three, the concept of overall lowest cost. Number four, maintenance is to save money is the reason you do maintenance. And the last thing I'd like to mention is that quality always costs less over time. 
the reason you pay more money for something is because it is going to save you money to do it. Exactly. You know, I may buy a Toyota over another car, even though it costs more, because overall, I hope to spend less money. That's right. the and reason. The, and in the past, that is the way this, this vehicle has performed. Made, performed. So let's go take one last All call. Right. Hey, Dwight, can you make it pretty fast? Hey, good morning, guys. Yes, good sir. Morning. I don't really have a, a automotive question. I just wanted to tell you how much I've appreciated your show over the years. I can remember being a young guy doing fishing with my grandpa, pulling a 25 horsepower Evan Rue behind his Buick Saber, and uh, and listening to this show. And <laughs> wow. uh, that started a love of cars for me. I'm not in the industry or anything, but I, I've always loved cars, and uh-huh. it, it kind of got started from listening to this show. And I, I hate to hear that you're coming off the air, but. I just wanted to tell you how much uh, I've appreciated you and, and, and what a joy it's been listening to you well, over the years. Dwight, that's very kind of you. I yes. appreciate hearing that. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. All right, Dwight. All right. Thanks for Thank calling, man. Bye-bye. Yeah, I started doing the show in 1991. Wow. So, in fact, we were doing this show long b- ago. before we moved to the, what the I new call the new shop. Yeah. <laughs> Which well, is also an old shop now. Yeah. <laughs> next uh, next month. Yeah. It, it will be 30 years old. Yeah. It'll be a new shop to a newer one comes along. That's it. It'll always be the new shop. It's kind of like the new bridge. You know? Yeah, the new bridge. It's yeah. the last one. So. Yeah, so I was like, it's a new bridge in Baton Rouge? I said, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> the new S bridge. Yeah. So, okay, I see we're just about out of time. we got to start winding on up, get ready to get on out of here. Yeah. The podcast will still be on. Right. Uh, we're not going to take. We'll just continue adding new episodes to it. Though I may go back and reinstall some of the older episodes that we're taking off. Right. So you can listen that way if you care to, or you can always go to the website. Right, which is agcoauto.com, A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is tons and tons and tons of information on that Unbiased site. Unbiased information, yes. so if you want to get the straight scoop on something, that's the place to go. Yeah, we invite everybody to do that. I want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening to us and supporting us for the last 30-plus years. Yes, sir. And sadly, this is going to be the last time. Yep. Have a great weekend.